The following is a CSPN Media podcast presentation. Good evening, friend. Would you believe it's, it's Dr. Doom? What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this rumor that you are moving higher Mr. Stark? Hello and welcome to another exciting episode of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles. I am your host, Roddy Cat, for tonight. And with me, I have my man behind the soundboard, the man of our, our man in legal, the one and only Agent underscore 70. What's up, everybody? Not with us tonight is one Tim Dog ninety eight who is um wait actually I forgot to ask you if he said we could it's probably out there by now right but he's on sabbatical for uh family reasons for, for his personal thing you know congrats to him and his family for his his new addition if if you if you follow the guy but he's still out there trucking doing news and stuff out there you can find him at Tim Dog ninety eight on Twitter you can also find him at V Click Nation on Twitter you can also find him. At CB Cron on Twitter and obviously, of course, theclicknation.com. Uh, and also not with us, uh, PCN underscore Dirt, who's on vacation with the fam. Hopefully, he's doing all right and not spending too much, but having fun. <laughs> and you can find him at PC underscore EPCN underscore Dirt on Twitter, Pop Culture Net on Twitter, um, popculturenetwork.com. Uh, I need comics.com, which is the splinter site of uh, of Pop Culture Network. Actually, that's it, because I don't think he's doing, he's not doing those YouTube, uh, those uh, Instagram reviews anymore. So that is it. Uh, you can find this show on Google Play, uh, Apple Music, or not Apple Music, why don't you wish, right? Apple Podcasts. There you go. Uh, iTunes, Stitcher, SoundCloud, MixCloud, a whole bunch of places we out there. Uh, I believe I'm not sure. You know, I still need to find that out if we got on uh, if we're on iHeartRadio. I believe we are, but I'm not sure. We might be there. If not, hey, we got plenty of other places. Uh, we are a part of the CSPN network. You can go to CSPN.us. Do it today, <clears throat> exactly. Where you can find this show and other fine shows on the network. Um, you can also go to shop.cspn.com where you can go get some merch for this particular show and and uh, other shows on the network. You know, go get you some nice comic book chronicle swag. It's um, it's a uh, comic book convention season, so you know, you know, rep us, rep us out here. Yeah, we're uh, getting into high gear very soon for uh, cons. Well, MegaCon was just this past weekend. Mm-hmm. And also, and we got uh, heroes coming up in a couple of short weeks. There you go. Uh, which uh just found out um might be going. I will be going. I was about to say no no uh no disrespect intended, but we actually have some legit cons to be going to so, so, so. Uh, excuse me, Heroes Con is a long running and well respected con. Thank you. Oh, very I'm not talking about heroes. I'm talking about like legit cons, like you know, no offense to uh some Oh, you know what the yes, the 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 yes, universe. you know, because the, the con that deserved uh this sound effect. 
That was a, and I was going to say something mean to to all those behind it, but you know, hopefully, karma is yep. a big and painful bitch and catches up to all of them. So, with that, uh, we are going to get into this week's comic book reviews. Uh, Agent Seventy, if you want to start off with something, I believe you read a hell of a lot more than I did. Yeah, well, let's see if there's anything we have in common, because if not, we may just end up doing like kind of rapid fire, like alternating. Uh, and from Man. what I'm seeing, no, we did, oh, we did not. So you know what? Let me throw out something that I'm going to talk maybe a little bit more in depth about, but then keep it on the quick side because I don't necessarily want to spoil it for you, uh, just in case you might want to read it. Sure. So the first book I'm going to talk about is one of the big books of the week, which is Amazing Spider-Man number 800. This is the penultimate uh, issue in Dan Slott's run on Amazing Spider-Man. It is the conclusion to the go down swinging storyline, which has pitted um, Norman Osborn, a.k.a. the Green Goblin, a.k.a. Karna Goblin, I mean, uh, Red Goblin now because he is uh, taken on the Carnage symbiote and uh, kind of given himself the, uh, you know, uh, talk about a mashup, talk about a, a remix. Um, this is the, you know, one of the ultimate remixes for a villain which gives uh, the goblin his own powers and craziness uh, on top of and including the uh, powers and craziness of one Cletus Cassady or Cassidy um, and the carnage symbiote. So that proves to be a, a, an almost insurmountable uh, 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 villain for uh, Spider-Man and a lot of his amazing friends, not including Firestar and Iceman, to uh, take on because in the you know in these last few issues, it's taken pretty much the combined might of um, Spider-Man and his Spider family because that's essentially what it is—the Spider family, much like the how the Bat family is constructed with um, you know uh, 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 former sidekicks and 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 extended family for Batman. Spider-Man has a lot of not former sidekicks, but definitely friends and close fan, you know, uh, close friends and even uh, part family for uh, Peter Parker um, to kind of, um, uh, you know, uh, he, these are the people that he calls on to, uh, to take on um, uh, the red goblin. And, you know, for all of his efforts, it comes up just a little short and he has to call in, you know, various people call in reserves to try to help him out, you know, Surprisingly enough, J. Jonah Jameson calls in some weird favors and does a little bit of uh, uh, a sleuthing to uh, call in one spoiler alert. We'll just say that it's to call in one host of the Venom symbiote. Not that I'm spoiling too much because there is a new Venom series out there that is starring this particular version of Venom. But... uh, you know, this character gets called in to provide a hand, and it's a pretty interesting, and and lots of what develops is uh, pretty interesting. If you've been reading some of the uh, the news stories out there, it's been uh, it's been leaked that there is a major Spider-Man family death in this issue, and I was actually pretty shocked to read it. You know, I did not expect it, but. Uh, you know, at the same time, you know, you could sort of see it coming because to a certain extent, the character's kind of been duplicative for a little while now. You know, I'll leave it at that. You can sort of see where that's going. So mm-hmm. um, Slot definitely lays the groundwork for a lot of 
um, what could happen in the future. He's not just saving that for 801, which I think is his swan song for real. Um, but what he's doing in this issue, he does lay the groundwork for future storylines that um, Spider-Man creators can pick up with, can uh, can pick up on. So, uh, you know, we do see the return of one Dr. Octopus. We do see, uh, um, you know, what could be the, uh, the future of the Carnage symbiote. Uh, you know, there's definite um, Spider-Man 2099 um, uh, uh, foreshadowing here. Not of not not for Miguel per se, but for Alchemax, the you know the the, the corporation that's like the big bad in that series. So, um, you know, or at least in the old school series, um, I'll tell you, there's a lot of reading. There's plenty of reading in this. I think it's well worth the. I think it's seven dollar price tag. It's like six ninety nine in print. So I'm looking forward to getting my physical copy, but in the meantime, I'm making making do with my review copy, and it's just you know, I'm I'm looking forward to rereading this actually because there really is a lot to digest. Some people may not be happy with how Slot has you know treated Spider-Man and you know kind of finished off this run, but I, I thought that he did a good job of not necessarily tying up loose ends, but definitely bringing some you know, major arcs to, you know, some measure of conclusion, but still leaving openings for creators to pick up. So, um, I, you know, like I said, I won't spoil everything in this, but that, those are the big beats that uh, that you can pick up on. Okay, cool. Yeah, I, <clears throat> so I have been doing the, I actually I totally forgot about that, that, um, that bit of news that you, that you mentioned, because yeah, I did see something on that, but I don't think I put it in the, um, in the, in, in the news. Which yep. I, I did put a couple of things in the news about this particular issue that could come out about it, to which I didn't even know about because I hadn't been keeping up on Spider Man. Mm-hmm. So, and especially with the, the Jay Jonah part, because apparently he finds out about that other Venom person that he did right. not know about, and he right. that he now knows Peter's identity mm-hmm. you know, from issues back. Well, yeah. Um, uh, remember, he I, I've 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 talked about uh, this particular development crossing over from Spectacular, right. All right. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, you can say anything about Norman Osborn, but he definitely knows how to escalate his power, his uh, his power schemes. Well, listen, I definitely give Slot some credit for really kind of ramping up this particular villain. Mm-hmm. It's one thing. I mean, yeah, we, we've seen him be like the head of S.H.I.E.L.D. slash whatever the hell they, they called themselves when they went bad, right? Right. You know, this, you know, this particular version of Norman Osborn was much more true to form, like true to, you know, being a Green Goblin. Right. Which has always been his, his history, but it's like, it's, wow, that's a, that's an escalation. <laughs> and it's just such, it, it's such an effective, you know, merging of two villains, you know, like, oh, you, you, you can't help but think, wow, that actually makes sense. And you would think that, you know, someone would have thought of this before. And yeah, it, they sort of have, like with all the symbiote, you know, like all these people taking on symbiotes, but this particular version of it was done so well. Mm-hmm. Cool, cool. Um, you want to kick out something else? Or, or I can... Sure, sure. I'll oh. kick out a few then. Daredevil 603. Um, I'll go in order almost. So Daredevil 603. So we have the next uh, chapter in uh, the Matt Murdock as mayor of New York City storyline, because as you... Uh, for those of you who have not been reading Daredevil six uh, Daredevil right now, uh, the Kingpin was elected mayor of New York City, but he himself made um, uh, Matt Murdock the uh, 
the vice mayor, I forget what he called them. The, the, I don't know if there is such a thing as a vice mayor or a, or a, or, mayor. what's that? Deputy mayor. Deputy. Oh, that's a deputy mayor. You think I would know this stuff. Deputy <laughs> mayor. That's what he called them. So he points him deputy mayor and, uh, uh, good old Wilson Fisk. Uh, Wilson Fisk gets um, gets murked by uh, hand ninjas, and finds himself in critical condition. So uh, Matt Murdock is uh, elevated from deputy mayor to acting uh, mayor of the city of New York, and uh, the hand is uh, making a move on the city. Uh, in this issue, um, we see the return of one Electra Nachios. Uh, you know, like if, you know, if, if, uh, there's a hand story in New York city with daredevil, you got to know that, uh, Electra is going to be involved at some point. Yep. And, um, it seems like the, uh, the, 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 the grand move of, uh, the hand against the city is, uh, is, 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 uh, undertaken in this issue. And we're, we're going to see some of the, the side effects, uh, going forward. And that's pretty much, you know, that's pretty much the, the, the story in this issue. There's a couple of things set up uh, in this uh, amongst them, uh, you know, among them being uh, Daredevil has, uh, well, Matt Murdock as deputy mayor has let loose some of the crime families, the crime bosses that have their own crime uh, groups or families like uh, Black Cat and Hammerhead and uh, the Owl and, uh, and uh, Diamondback. You know they've all been locked up in uh, issues of Daredevil recently, and now they're letting them out to kind of provide uh, extra manpower in the fight against the Hand. You know, kind of protecting their own turf as gang bosses. So, um, you know, Soul is definitely writing a big story. He's definitely got a big picture in mind. So it makes it a little hard to pick up this issue and understand what's going on. But at the same time, you know, once you once you understand that the city's under siege then you can kind of go from there. So it's not the worst issue to pick up, even if you're picking picking up Daredevil for the first time. Uh, but it would help to have read a few issues before this because seeing Kingpin or understanding that Kingpin is uh, the mayor of New York can kind of be <laughs> jarring. We'll put it that way. Yeah. I'm surprised there, there were no Shadowland, Shadowland 2 Part 2 implications or something. Right. Um, let me also hit, uh, infinity countdown, captain Marvel. Number one. Now, I don't know if you've been reading any of these infinity countdown books. Nope. So I happened to pick this one up because I was curious to see what, um, you know, I, I think I saw a preview image about, uh, like alternate reality, captain Marvels. And I didn't understand how, you know, what that meant. So I decided to read this issue because, you know, I just wanted to see what was going on with that. And, it, it it came. I came to find out that uh, the writer of this, and I'm just going to pull the book up now to see um, what the, who the creative team is. So this is Jim McCann, who's a familiar name, but I haven't heard his name in a while for Marvel. Yeah, it's been a good while. And artist Diego. Olortegi, whose art is, you know, he's definitely got, uh, he definitely has moments in the book of uh, good art, then moments where Carol just doesn't look quite right, uh, at least facially. But uh, it's interesting that McCann, uh, McCann's interpretation of the reality stone, which in essence gives the bearer of the reality stone the ability to see different realities, whereas we always interpret it as like one of the most powerful infinity stones where you could change your reality. 
So it's very, it's a very different take on the abilities of the reality stone. So um, that that uh, take informs the rest of the book. And once you understand that this particular aspect of the reality stone's powers are what uh, are what um, are, are what drives Carol's decision making and thinking throughout this book. You know, bear in mind she's bearing the reality stone at this point. Um, you know, once you understand that, it makes it makes some sense. But it's still, you know, if you are uh, a dyed in the wool Marvelite and you've understood the reality gem to act in a certain way, it's a little bit of a leap to to think of it being uh, something more along the lines of uh, an alternate reality gem. We'll put it that way. Gotcha. That, but that particular interpretation of it, like communicating with bearers of the reality gem and alternate realities, that's the that's the that's the uh, that's the the, the gist of uh, McCann's story. So that's you know once you get that, you can move on from there. Um, so that's three for me. You said you had what four? Uh, I've got four. As a matter of fact, I'll give you a little bit of a break and talk about one real quick. I was about to say, let me get it so that I have four left. Okay, cool. So that gives me one more. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. So I'll talk about Justice League No Justice number four. Justice League No Justice number four. No justice, no peace. Um, if you listened to last week's show, PCN underscore Dirt and I had a bit of a technical difficulty that you would never guess happened um, if you listened to the um, the podcast editing by one classic materia. Thanks, classic. And uh, and and thanks to uh, Dirt posting um, the YouTube in as a playlist. Um, you never guess we had technical difficulties, but uh, you know one of the books that we talked about on last week's show was No Justice Number Three, knowing full well that No Justice Number Four would come out this week and tie up tie up all the all the storylines that were kind of uh, running rampant in this book. So, um, in essence. There is a lot to digest in this issue. Vril Docs, who returned, all of a sudden, you know, basically went bad uh, on the uh, the combined might of the Justice League, Suicide Squad, bad guys, and the Teen Titans. Um, so, without going too much into detail about their mission, uh, um, as in, as uh, directed by Brainiac. The heroes basically find themselves uh, hurrying back to Earth because all the bad things that happened to Brainiac's home planet are now happening to Earth at an accelerated pace. So um, Green Arrow is uh, on Earth and trying to, uh, you know, trying to stop these things. But Amanda Waller is uh, not proving to be uh, very helpful in that regard. But this issue. Uh, because it's the last issue, brings together everyone under the sun, the Green Lantern Corps, what's left of it, the Justice League, all of their, um, you know, the, the Titans, the, the villains, and, and, and all that that were gathered by Brainiac to, to fight against the uh, destruction of Brainiac's homeworld to, uh, to stop the uh, destruction of Earth. And of course, the crazy MacGuffins that they're dealing with are these trees and these cosmic seeds, and it's all a bunch of silliness. And they make a bunch of uh, uh, space titan. What do they call them? Omega titans um, slash. You know, they're sort of like celestials. That's what uh, PC and underscore Dirt and I were joking about. They make them cannibals. Literally, make them cannibals. 
when you read it, you'll understand. Sure. Exactly. That's what I said. I was like, what? They make them what? Cannibals? So in any event, um, you know, the story, you know, the story wraps up and the setup for um uh Justice League books are 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 are, are, are given so that uh you know we, we've heard about Justice League Dark, the new Justice League that Scott Snyder's doing, and I think it's uh what's the other Justice League with the what's that? Odyssey. Odyssey, right? Yeah, 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 that Justice League. So however that's you know that's being set up. So that so uh that is the setup for this book. Interesting. Yeah, I need to catch up on this. Like I that's I've had a passing interest in the reading this no justice um um event. Mm-hmm. Would you need to have any prior knowledge to go on? Oh. No. No. It's self-contained. It's not necessarily self-contained. You ha- do have to know what happened in Dark Knight's Metal, but they they recap that pretty quick. Okay. Gotcha. All right. I've got a phone ringing. I'm going to go check on that so you can uh uh, start your book. I'll be right back. Okay. And that book I will start off with. Well, which is probably a probably a good one to start off with, since, since uh, I know Agent uh, Agent Seventy hasn't read it yet. Is Marvel Two and One, number six. And uh, ah, okay, cool. Um. So in this issue, we have, sorry, so in this issue, um, we have the the culmination of a plan of, uh, well, Ben and Johnny are in another universe looking for, they're looking for our universe's Reed and Sue, which uh, by all accounts are dead, but we know differently, uh, but, you know, uh, um, ben is told Johnny differently, so that's probably going to come out sometime soon. Uh, Doctor Doom is tagged along with them. They also have one uh, Rock. I can't remember her last name, but she's an awesome new character. Regardless, uh, there's a there's a they went to a universe where uh, Doctor Doom has taken the place of Galactus, and uh, now the agent of the Seven is back. And I've been rambling. I'm, I'm going to hold off on what I was going to say. Why? Because uh, I didn't read it yet. Thanks. Well, yeah. Yes. Exactly. All I'm gonna say is like there's a culmination of a plan that 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 uh, that started um, last issue between that universe's read the um, Doctor Doom and uh, our two boys uh, reading. I mean uh, Ben and Johnny, and it's a good bit of action that happens in here. Something happened and. Um, Let's let's just say a familiar recent uh, event or recent ish event happens once again to a character, or actually two characters, technically, but one in particular happens again um, in resolution of the cause, and also some info may or may not have uh, been parsed out by someone not. You know, that is not um not a part of the core group, I should say. All righty. 
I'm looking forward to reading this when I finally get my physical copy. Thanks, Dirt. It, it was a pretty good issue. Like they've, I've been enjoying this book since it's, since uh, since it's coming out. It's coming out. So Doctor Who's some pretty good writing. The art's been awesome, obviously, because you know Jim Chung. But oh, is Chung on this issue? I believe that is true. Yes. Nice. I know he's only got a limited run on this because of Justice League, but and then is you like a first arc thing? And then let me go back and you know what? Let me go back because I saw his name on the book. He could have just done the cover, and but let me can confirm that actually is the case. Really, really, really quick that he did the uh, the insides. There we go. There we go. And uh, yep. Yep. Nice, nice. So yes, I'd be happy to see that. I'd be happy to pick that up now. <laughs> not that I'm not happy to pick it up when he's not drawing it, but that yeah. was a great draw for you know, no pun intended. That was a great draw for 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 people who follow his art to be like, oh, you know what? I'm going to pick up this Marvel two in one book. Hmm. So, alrighty, cool. I don't look at my notes because I just remembered I may have spoiled a, a thing for you. But uh, no worries, I wasn't. I was. It may have been when I was away. So, yeah. well, um, no, I didn't. I mean, I mean, in my notes, I think I, I, I maybe spoiled. So, try yeah, to scroll down. Also um, um, okay. so do you want to alternate now to finish up the the rest of these? Yeah, let's do that because I don't have any more Marvel. Okay, so you know what? I'm going to jump to stuff that you may not be reading. How about X Men Red Annual Number One? Very quickly. So, so we can might as well go ahead and say, hey, rapid fire. All right, let me spin it up. Hold on. We are in rapid fire review time. So uh, my first rapid fire review book is X-Men Red number uh, X-Men Red Annual number one. Um, this is uh, uh, Jean Grey centric. It involves uh, Jean Grey uh, dealing with her recent resurrection in depth and you know for an annual i would actually i would actually say this is required reading and if my shop if my shop hasn't if carmine street comics hasn't pulled and this particular annual for me it doesn't because i haven't i don't normally ask for it if they haven't i hope they still have a copy left or i'll have to hunt one down because i would say that of you know, at least of annuals in recent memory, this is actually one that I think is required reading for fans of the book. Because like I said, it definitely deals with uh Jean Grey where her where she is now in 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 you know as a character and, and you know and, and and her what her mindset is immediately following her resurrection. So it's it goes into de- into good depth on that. It's kind of weird that we're we're getting annuals for either books that have been a canceled or b just started. Like that never used to happen before. It used to happen every twelve issues. We All haven't right. twelve issues yet. <laughs> but yeah, so it was like, wait a minute, this 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 book has only had like two issues. How's it getting an annual? What is yeah, going on here? Four issues. Yeah, that's up to number. Got canceled is is uh because there was a book that actually did just get canceled. Uh, no, Thanos and Miles. Yeah. Spider-Man annual is supposed to come on. The book just ended. Right. So I'm like, that's that's some weird business going on, but sure. (laughs) But that being the case, um, so I will get to one and say Star Trek The Next Generation Through the Mirror number five. That is a mouthful, I recognize. Mm -hmm. Um, And this is the ending of this particular um, uh, arc. 
slash miniseries because it's a five, it's been going on for for the past five weeks as opposed to monthly, unlike the last one did. Um, and I will say that we would get a meeting of the Prime and Mirror Universe uh, TNG crews, and there's a battle, and there's also some setup for what seems to be another <laughs> another uh, mini series between the two that it looks like it's going to be coming up. I don't know. It doesn't, doesn't necessarily say whether it's going to be between both of them, or it's just going to be a mirror universe one, which sounds like it's, it's pointing towards, mm-hmm. or it could be another, a hey, they're coming back to the prime universe again. And, you know, cause they definitely, they definitely set up to say like, we will meet again, you know, and uh, a character from said mirror universe kind of stays behind. So that definitely is a, is a, um, you know, they're definitely going to pick that back up at some point. But overall, the the whole the minis, I enjoyed the last miniseries more than this one because it was setting up the the, the mirror universe that we had never gotten for the the TNG crew. Right. That one's also the meeting between the two um, the two universe captains uh, and crews. I mean, it was it was good, but it could have been. I expected a little bit more. I guess I don't know. And probably because like that last uh, miniseries that I set up the, the mirror universe was pretty good, and then it just followed up like really quickly with this, sure. which still which still you know reads like an episode of TNG because you know all of that is still in place. But I was like, I don't know. They could have they could have one. They didn't have to. Uh, they didn't necessarily have to make it weekly. But I guess there's a reason for that. And two, it's like yeah, it's kind of. If you read it all at one time, it seems to kind of blow through kind of quick. But I will still say that, hey, if you're a Next Generation fan and want some uh, Mirror Universe action, you know, check it out. Like I said, it, it is a pretty decent story, but it just feels like it's like, well, it, you know, there's a there's a meeting, there's a battle, there's a there's a resolution, but it also sets up something that's going to come, which that was the part that I was like, well, okay. If, if they didn't set it up, if they didn't just go ahead and pointedly set it up to where there was something coming off, then I'd be like, ah, all right. It, it kind of ran a little flat, but I, actually, I would want to see something outside of this somewhere down the line if they thought of something, but they, they seem to be going back to back with it. Okay. Uh, all right. So let me throw out a book. Uh, Man of Steel number one. The inaugural Man of Steel issue by Brian Michael Bendis at DC, pencils by Ivan Rice. So I I would actually tell you to read this because it's a decent jumping on point. You don't necessarily have to know everything about Superman, but you, you know, it definitely picks up lots of uh, lots of storylines from uh, recent Superman books, such as The Sun, you know, uh, Jonathan Kent, such as uh, you know. you know, I guess that's pretty much the big one. You know, like you kind of need to know that that exists. You know, you can't be like a fresh person coming off of like Superman movies and picking this up. Be like, what the hell? So, you know, you sort of need to you know be able to appreciate that. But at the same time, uh, Clark is still at the at the Daily Planet, and there's a couple things in the distant past involving Krypton that I believe were set up that, that are being set up now that were in the free comic book day story. I believe it was mm. not free comic book day story. It was the DC universe. What was oh, it? DC nation zero. 
right, right, right. I think that's where it was. They didn't have a free comic book day. Right. It was in that, that DC Nation book. And uh, basically, there's a couple of supporting characters that I think Bendis is trying to introduce from the human point of view. Um, quite possibly a love triangle. Maybe. You know, I wouldn't put it past him. But ultimately, the, the what's being set up here is that there is some um, ancient enemy that existed that is out for um, is out to get all Kryptonians. And that's what was in the DC nation book. And, and some of the setup is here in this issue. So it's important to understand uh, that particular little bit of backstory, but I don't think it's necessary to have picked that up to read this and appreciate this as being a decent setup for uh, a Superman story. Uh, everyone knows Superman. There isn't much uh, to do in the way of explaining what he can do, but um, Bendis does definitely um, take it upon himself to do something different with uh, Superman's powers in this, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. So um, it's it's a good start for Bendis's work on Superman. Hmm. Okay, so what Bendis is still gonna? Did he kill anybody? Not yet. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. But we shall see. Indeed. Which brings us to, uh, back to the DC front, Aquaman Jabberjaw special number one. Oh, God. Shout out to Clancy Material for this one. Not necessarily for this one, because that would be funny if he did write this, being the Aquaman fan he is. Um, So if you didn't already know, and I think we did touch upon this um, probably a couple of weeks ago with uh, PC underscore dirt and I. So there has been the, there's a future quest line, which is basically its own uh, universe of the, the hero quote unquote heroic characters of the um, Hanna-Barbera universe. And they have their own universe and they're doing their thing over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, then there's these books, which are the, the DC slash the Hanna-Barbera mashup books, which pits a, um, I say the more comedic characters of the Hanover Bearer family with a DC, uh, with a DC hero, but made and the the, the Hanover Bearer characters are made in, in a more realized, quote unquote, realized to the world of DC uh, interpretation of the Hanover Bearer characters. So, if, so if that is a thing that is of interest to you, you should check this out. But that being said, um. <laughs> Stop me if you heard this one. A little seaside town um, gets starts having shark attacks. Um, someone gets called in. That person being Aquaman to uh, take care of the problem. Sure. There is a talking to fish jokes. There is definitely some. If you didn't already catch the reference, there's some jaws. A couple of jaws references being thrown into this book. Um, Jabberjaw, who is a talking fish from the future. Uh, from a from a underwater ish Jetsons like future of the Hanna Barbera universe comes in as also part a drummer in a band called the Neptunes. Let's not forget that uh, comes on land for some odd reason. Apparently, he's been thrown back in time uh, from his timeline to this time to the timeline of DC Universe being 2018. Uh, Jabberjaw and Aquaman meet and thinking that Jabberjaw is the one that's causing the problem. Sometimes it's not. Jabberjaw is also, if you know of the Three Stooges character, if you don't know of the character, but you know of the Three Stooges character to Curly, that's kind of how he talks. Oh, no. <clears throat> and they play with some of that in here, but he basically just talks English. And like he, they don't get too crazy with it, but they 
but they do definitely reference it. So uh, Aquaman and Jabberjaw team up to find out what's going on. They end up in a portal that takes them to C-Lab 2020 in the future, in, in Jabberjaw's future, um, which apparently they, they put all that stuff in there also. So I was like, geez, they just really... Because <laughs> apparently C-Lab 2020 was the start of Jabberjaw's... Um, Jabberjaws is basically future uh, being that, and they they put it at there. It was like, well, yeah, because C Lab was doing these experiments on animals to, to to make them talk, and that's which is why he can talk. So they, they that's how they explain that. Mm-hmm. And, then, and of course, you know, they go into you know the uh, they basically go into the fact that yeah, it's like he's with his band, but he got lost from the band and and whatever. Which who comes up later on in the in the special and. Uh, and of course, being Aquaman, you got to have some somewhat familiar bad guys who happen to be behind it because there were some. Because apparently, a version of Ocean Master and some uh, Atlanteans of Jabberjaw's time are the ones causing the ruckus who were bringing, who were taking sharks mm-hmm. and making them aggro, sending them through this portal, which was <laughs> back in time, in twenty eighteen. But they thought they were uh they thought they were doing something else, but apparently and then there was a whole multiversal thing that came up because was like, no, you're just not messing with uh you're not just messing with like a time period, you're messing with a whole different dimension. So they put that out there that it's it's you know I love a different time frame, but it's a different dimension. So here's that. I said it's high comedy. Yeah, it's it's like they don't play it funny, you know, funny as the cartoons were. But right. there's a couple of, you know, obviously there's a couple of, um, you know, comedy states. Like I said, references to Jaws. There's a reference to the old uh, Aquaman cartoon because in Jabber Jaws time, they didn't think that Je- uh, that Aquaman was actually real, and all they had was the cartoon. Oh my goodness! And if you didn't know, there was an uh, Aquaman cartoon from the late '60s, uh, early '70s, which was uh, paired with uh, Superman. Because I remember seeing them in syndication when I was a, when I was a kitty. Um, that was on CBS, as a matter of fact. So they referenced that, and uh, and you know they the whole play with the I mean, talk to the fishes things comes up a number of time, and even the old classic Rodney Dangerfield line of "I get I don't get any respect" comes up a couple of times with uh Aquaman in this story. So that in itself is funny. He doesn't uh, take my wife, please, does he? Nah, no, none of that. Doesn't. <laughs> It's like, hi, Mira. Sorry about that. Yeah, and actually, yeah, Mira did. Oh, and by the way, uh, there is a certain phrase that is big, that gets said a couple of different times, including starting off the issue. And I'm going to, if you're watching the video, you can see what phrase that is on the shirt that I have on on the shirt that I have oh, on. No. Oh no, yeah, that's uh, if you're not watching the video, it's basically what the what the f is gets said. Yeah. Yeah. Four or five different times during the, you know, it's just a running thing during the course of the the book, so it is off. It is totally funny. There's a little bit of social commentary also in it because when they go through the portal, and I realize I'm going a little bit longer than I said it was, but there's a little bit of um, it's a rapid fire. I know, right? Um, yeah, I know. But these books, these books are something interesting. That's to me anyway. But there's a little bit of social commentary because they're like, well, in Jabberjaw's time, the 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 fish creatures are second class citizens. And that gets brought up, so which means that you know, like Jabberjaw can't go into certain bars 
or any anybody that breathes uh can breathe underwater can go underwater and and aquaman's like hmm there yes i've seen a lot of that in my time also you know so there, there's a little bit of that and i'm noticing a theme because in the next book i'll talk about there's some of that also but there's also real quickly a, a b story that they, they have in these in these specials and the one for this one is dealing around captain one captain caveman i gotta step away for a second Okay, well, I'll talk, go ahead and finish talking about that. So, yeah, so the B story is Captain Caveman who gets brought into the modern times by the Wizard Shazam and the Spectre, who's, I don't know, in the in Wizard's Rock or whatever they call it, and, and they're talking about it. And they're basically, um, they start off talking about the choices that, that um, the Wizard Shazam makes for champions or whatnot. And so... They pull Captain Caveman, who's just a regular caveman. They make him, um, you know, able to understand modern speak, and he can talk just like that. Now, he's basically a caveman. So if you know Captain Caveman, he's just a little furry caveman thing, not necessarily like Cro-Magnon Man like we, like you would see in the book. But in this book, he's like a basically like a um, Cro-Magnon-ish man with a big club. They don't go all the way with the and his club has a bunch of... Uh, gadgets in it but they don't really play with that he just has the club and beats up beats up folks but anyway they bring him to the future or the the present um he's able to talk with you know humans of our day and he gets into a, a bunch of uh adventures well a bunch of stuff and he meets Dee Dee and taffy who who's in the cartoon of the old 60s cartoon um uh with him but they don't go so far as to be, be like, hey, here's the, you know, the, the van and all that other stuff. And he's getting, but like I said, he's uh, getting some, some adventures all the while, except the wizard Shazam and the Spectre are uh, on high talking about what he's doing. And that's kind of funny. There's also a reference to, um, like, I think Spectre says something was like, well, why does everybody use the rank captain? Because when they name Captain Caveman, they, they call they just straight up call him that, you know, because I think I forgot what you, what they said. Um, I believe it's just like, well, since you're a hero, I'm going to call you, we're going to call you Captain Caveman. And then that's when the, the Spectre kind of puts that out there. Otherwise that, like I said, these are, these, the last set of these have been fun, and there's been there's four that came out this week, by the way, and I think these are the only ones that have come out. And at this point, I've only read two of them. <clears throat> Excuse me, which I kind of want to wait for Age of Seventy to come back, so I can talk about the last one because I think he would slightly appreciate this one because there is a there is a particular book that we both had in common that we didn't care about that you know uh, that didn't there we go he's back cool I'm back i'm sorry to have to step away again oh, it's cool it's cool because i had pretty much just finished but i wanted to wait to to get to this last book because i think if you wanted to throw out something before i get this one uh then go for it you have another one of those crossover books right yeah okay all right so what do i have left i still got three more books left okay one, you want to do more books and then I'll finish up without mine. I will go quickly with this one, Ms. Marvel number 30, because I do not want to spoil anything. What I can tell you is that some of the longstanding uh, romantic story arcs may be close to being resolved. Mm. And I can also tell you that uh, it's really, it does, you know, this book never ceases to amaze with how well done it is. This is definitely a potential click of the week uh, candidate the same way 
uh, amazing uh, 800 is a candidate for click of the week for me, despite, you know, my misgivings about some of the things that happened in it with regards to one main Spidey character biting the dust. Um, you know, this book is, you know, just, you know, is so consistent because they found, they, they consistently find artists that don't stray too much from the aesthetic. And I think Ian Herring may be the colorist who's been on this book from jump. And I think the colors do a lot. The same palette being used over and over again really help the consistency. Uh, you know, I'd have to do a little bit of research to see what, uh, you know, to see if uh, Ian Herring has been doing the colors on this book uh, from the jump. But, you know, it's amazing that it has stayed this consistent for this long. You know, it's not just uh, G. Willow Wilson's writing, but it's definitely the art that has helped maintain the continuity. And uh, we are heading into... I guess the combined 50th issue because there have been a couple volumes of Ms. Marvel so far. So the next issue is going to be the 50th issue spectacular. There's going to be a lot. It's going to be kind of like a, you know, I guess a bunch of uh, smaller stories penned by some, um, I guess, uh, you know, like different creative people, uh, mm. you know, kind of like they did with that um, Avengers uh, thing where Ms. Marvel supposedly did a lot of fanfic uh, a couple of years ago for Ooh. all. Maybe. Yeah. You know, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. There's lots of different names on this. Um, Saladin Ahmed is on this. Nice. Rainbow Royal is on this. Nico Leon is obviously doing some of the art, at least. It looks like there's a couple of different names here. But, um, you know, it's uh, you know it should be a lot of fun. I think in the letters page, uh, Sana Aminat, uh let slip that uh, it looks like Hassan Minaj is also going to contribute something to this book, too. The comedian. Yeah. You know, uh, from the, uh, I think he's, no, he's not on the Daily Show anymore, is he? I don't know, because I haven't watched in a while. Okay. So, but uh, yeah, this, you know, the, this sh- it should be a lot of fun, uh, the next issue. But this issue is important because it does, you know, sort of wrap up um, some of the longstanding plot lines, I guess, to help set up the 50th issue, you know, to get a fresh start on stuff. Sure. Yeah, my, my, Miss Marvel has been a consistently good book. Um, Definitely. So- so um, I was going to ask you going back to the uh, Amazing 800 real quick, and you don't have to answer this if you want to, because I think I actually know who bites it, but I'm not going to say, say mm-hmm. you mentioned something. But it's not Anna Marie, is it? No. Good. Because. No. Yeah, that no. would be a problem. She does okay. make an appearance, though. So if you read the book just to see how everything wraps up, sure. I would recommend it and then read it all the way through, because believe it or not, there's a post credit scene. That's where she pops up. Oh, no. <laughs> yep. So, yeah, that slot, you know, that the talk about breaking the fourth wall a little bit, right? Right, right. Well, then they've also been doing that stuff anyway with the with the Wolverine stuff, which I hadn't seen too many other, thank goodness. But uh okay, cool. My last book. Oh wait, you said you had a couple though. So you no, I just have one more after this, so you can go ahead. All right. Uh Black Lightning Hong Kong Fui special. Hong Kong Fui, right? Or it's not Hong Fong Fui. No, I said, yeah, I'm sorry. Hong Kong Fui. I don't know what I said. Oh. Anyway, so picture it. Metropolis, 1976. <laughs> um, Bronze Tiger, Cheshire, Professor Presto, which I'm not even thinking that's a, a DC character. If it is, I don't know it. Uh, they're all going after these, this, you might say you might as well go ahead and say it's the Iron Fist, but they call it the God Fist 
in this book um to where this um <laughs> um where that's that's like supposedly around uh and it's all with these three scrolls there's there there's these three scrolls that they have that supposedly contain the you know how to to, to get the power um black not lightning goes after him he gets kicked out of a, a window as he's you know but then we find out that he's recounting this story to one hong kong fui aka penry uh the dog who is not a janitor in this but actually he's like kind of dark uh, and i'm not saying that because he was voiced by uh just cat my crothers in the in the original cartoon so if you don't know actually back up hong for kong fui was a, was a 60 cartoon uh he was voiced by Scatman Crothers, the famous Scatman Crothers, who's voiced a whole lot of stuff. He was basically a dog who worked for the for the as a janitor for the police station, but he was actually a crime fighter, a kung fu using crime fighter called Hong Fong Fu. He had this cat with him named what Spot? I can't remember actually. Doesn't matter because Spot doesn't even make an addition. Uh, uh, um, doesn't even come into this book. So. Black Lightning, who apparently knows um, Hong Kong Fui, and they, they don't even call him Hong Kong Fui in, during the course of the book, but they just call him Penry, if that is his name. But And he, even though he sh- doesn't show up out of costume the whole time. And, like, Penry is just like, you know, it's like, yo, man, like, this is some deep shit, basically. Okay. And the God hand is real serious, and if it gets into the wrong people's hands, you know, it can cause world-bending stuff. So there's a, there's a little kind of a darker take to this version of, of Hong Kong Fui, but I actually kind of want to read more of it, weirdly enough. Yeah. Uh, so, so Henry and, and Black Lightning in disco in 70s uh, gear, by the way, because like I said, it is 1976 when this is taking place. Mm-hmm. Uh, Black Lightning, they go go find the scrolls who just so happens to be in the care of uh, a a, um, a Master Sifu that that uh, Hong Kong Fui knows because it was a teacher, mm-hmm. and also come to find out that yeah he's he knows more about the that Hong Kong Fui knows more about this god fist than than he originally let on. So the 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 villains you know have their plot and which kind of goes well almost, but not well. It almost goes well. Let's put it that way. And then a big fight breaks out between the villains and and Black Knight and Hong Kong Fui, and including. One kung fu knowing Rosemary. So, if you do know the cartoon, there was a character called Rosemary who was a switchboard o- o- operator of the police station. In this story, she basically are friends with Penry and maybe possibly love interest. We don't know that for sure, but she knows kung fu and she kicks a couple of bits. You know, she, she goes up against uh, Bronze Tiger and Cheshire in the beginning, but then gets kidnapped. But, you know, but then has a turn later on and, and comes back and kicks him. But that being said, I actually enjoyed reading this, and I'm going to say this for if you uh, um a long time um watcher of the listener of the show and agent seventy himself because when I say what I'm about to say, he will understand it, and I will say that by saying this is a way better story than shang chi one twenty six oh no <laughs> which we've both had problems with in the <laughs> That's awful. Got to bring that back. I saw that. I saw that on a shelf recently. Believe it or not, at a local comic. Oh, it's actually one twenty six. Yeah, I was like, oh my god. No. Yeah, I'm like, yeah, yeah, that's the thing. But like I said, but even as 
it's not necessarily campy, but you can kind of tell there's a little bit of there's there's actually a, a big trouble in the little China kind of homage reference that is going on here. But outside of that, you know, I mentioned in my notes kung fu treachery. There's actually no treachery, just uh, some kung fu here and there, you know. Uh, but but I enjoyed I enjoyed reading it. I was kind of I thought this book was going to be slight. I mean, this issue was going to be a slight problem, but it actually turned out to be different. And like I just said, way better than Shang Chi one twenty six. Uh, that said, there was a B story to this one to where Jason, one Jason Blood, um, gets hired to, uh, um, bring up the ghost of the Funky Phantom, which is another Hanna-Barbera cartoon, um, that was about this Revolutionary War dude that died and became back as a ghost and end up getting misadventures with a group of teenagers. But in this case, uh, Jason Blood was hired to bring him up because some senator that was pro-guns or something was at a rally and they wanted to bring him up to talk about the Second Amendment, Second Amendment rights you know, of gun use. And of course, there was a bunch of gun, you know, gun nuts there with their AR-15s. It was like, yeah, we want the right to keep our guns and that's another. But Funky Phantom died before the Constitution. Mm-hmm. So he didn't know about it. So they had to bring out a copy of the Constitution and he was sitting there reading it, you know, and was like, oh yeah, and this and that other and making references to this. And there's even a Hamilton reference. Hmm. Uh, sort of. Like by name, basically. Um, uh, the outside of that, you know, then there's a couple of things with some, you know, misfired guns or stuff like that happens in, at the rally, and it kind of goes to hell, and uh, and that's it. Like it was like at first I was reading this was like uh, I don't know we could have done without this, but at the same time I see what they were going for with the, you know, with the I was like yeah all these the gun nuts and their AR-15s and we want this and another rule. And there was like, well, why do you need this? Cause you already have a, a militia, but hunting. And then, you know, people are like hunting, fishing, you know, and other stuff. And the, you know, the, the other stupid asses that people actually say oh. they need these high power rifles for. So yeah, there was also some social commentary in this one, but they didn't go totally heavy handed. It just kind of play through it. It's, you know, it's probably still worth the read. I think Jeff Parker wrote this one, uh, wrote the back up, if I'm not mistaken. Cause I had, uh, cause I didn't see a name on it at first, but it was like, okay, yeah. But then I went back and found it. That said, that was, you know, it probably could have done and done without it. I don't know, but I see what they did with it. I'm like, all right, that wasn't as bad as I thought it was going to be. So that is Black Lightning Hong Kong Fui Special Number Three. I did not get a chance to read the Super Sons Dynamite or the uh, Speed Rec- Speed Buggy Flash, but I'm pretty sure sometime on t- uh, Twitter this weekend I will mention those. All righty, so. Um, the last book I've got is actually, uh, a book that I've, uh, constantly been, um, hyping, trying to get people, more people to read it. Although we know now that Jason Aaron and Robbie Rodriguez and Rico Renzi have always intended this book to have a finite ending. Um, I'm referring to spider Gwen and we're up to issue number 32 and we are, um, rapidly approaching the end of the series. Which is, is going to end with what issue? Thirty-four. Okay, four. I think so. There's only two left. Sure. I think. Although you know, we can always confirm that later. Right. Um, I'm not spoiling anything. It's on the cover, um, uh, because this is what happened at the end of the last issue. Gwen has uh, revealed her secret identity. Spider Woman is Gwen Stacy. 
and they actually, you know, make it a quip, uh, you know, make it a, a pun inside the issue, saying, "I can't believe they called you Spider Gwen," <laughs> you know, because the character is known as Spider Woman in her in in Earth sixty five reality. This issue in its entirety is the after effect of her revealing her secret identity to the world, how that affects her supporting cast, how that affects the Mary Janes, the band, and how that affects her um, uh, recent uh, uh, relationship slash uh, feud with one uh, Matt Murdock, uh, otherwise known as the kingpin of Earth-65. Because he's been kind of, because I'm slightly behind, he's been kind of keeping that over her head, right? Right. So, you know, without, like I said, without spoiling too much, because ultimately it's on the cover. You know, if you see the cover of the book, it's kind of like, well, that's what's happening. So mm-hmm. um, it's worth reading. It's definitely worth reading. Just catch up at some point whenever whenever you find the time to catch up, catch up. If um, I'm spe- if you're hearing this and you have not yet read a single issue of Spider-Gwen, I would suggest reading it because it is a fun alternative take on the Spider-Man mythos, but with Gwen Stacy in place. Oh, okay. And that is that. So we can uh, uh, head right into the clicks of the week. And during the course of the show, Tim did actually uh, send in his, which happens to be Amazing Spider-Man number 800. I'm torn. I want to second this, and I think I probably will because it was such a grand read. Um, and I did enjoy it, you know, uh, more than I than it sounds like I did, simply because I was, you know, really taken off uh, off guard by the uh, by the demise of that Spidey character. But um, I, you know, I definitely liked Miss Marvel, you know, number thirty this week. It was pretty impressive. Um, I also liked Spider Gwen number thirty two because it's really, um, uh, you know, leading toward a a, a fun uh, climactic uh, story. I hope. And uh, Man of Steel number one was actually surprisingly good for, you know, it's it's a good, it, it seems like a nice start to something. Papa Bendis run. Yeah, yeah. exactly. But I'm going to give, I'm going to second Tim's click of the week and go with Amazing Spider-Man number 800. Okay. Interesting. I might have to check this out then, that being the case. Um, and for myself, I think, I mean, well, not that I had that many books, but Marvel 2 was, was actually a pretty good read, but it hasn't been a bad read yet, so that's not saying that much. Um, that's Zdarsky, man. Yeah, yeah. You know, Zdarsky is a better writer than I gave him credit for. And I, and I don't know, that sounds like I'm, you know, that sounds kind of bad, but, you know, it's like... As a, as an artist who you know happens to come out be writing, you sometimes you never really know how that's going to turn out, you know. But yeah, he did pretty good. That being said, uh, I think as fun as that Aquaman Jabberjaw special was, I think I might actually go with the Black Lightning Hong Kong Fui special number you one. You would. You had so much to say about it. <laughs> well, I had so much to say about both of them. To be fair, that's not you know. But yeah, like like that one was fun. This one was taken like you know. This one was taken probably a little bit more serious than the the um than the the Aquaman Jabberjaw one, which you know some of the books have been because as if anybody recalls from last year's uh Batman Elmer Fudd one, which I still love the hell out of, 
you know, it was kind of written yeah, more. Th- underscore dirt had not very good things to say about that. Yeah, he didn't like to. He doesn't like any of the well, the ones of that of that run that he he didn't care for any of them. So yeah, but I enjoyed them because uh, I thought that was good. You know, I know Tom King definitely uh, got a lot of positive feedback on that. Yeah, totally. So I mean, like that was probably one of the the more standout books of of that run of uh, of these uh, the crossovers. These- yeah. So, but yeah, Black Lightning Hong Kong Four Special Number One. Go check it out. Way better than uh, Shang Chi Number Twenty Six. All right. So um, we are running. We are we are leading into our first ad read of the week. Our first ad of the week is for Blue Apron's meal delivery service. Blue Apron it has fresh ingredients and incredible recipes delivered weekly to your door. Skip the grocery store and make incredible meals at home with Blue Apron. Always shipped free right to your home. And now the listeners of the Click Nation's Comic Book Chronicles can get $30 off your first Blue Apron order. To place your first order with $30 off and to help keep our show free for you, go to our network website at cspn.us. That's cspn.us. Then click on the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down to the Blue Apron link and sign up for your first order. Blue Apron through cspn.us. Do it today. And now we head into the news. Indeed, and we start off as we do most most times, uh, cinematic news. So I'm going to say right now there might be a couple. I'm not going to go into solo uh, because there's that, but there's probably going to be spoilers somewhere that I will try to gloss over in the course of the news section. You want to alternate to, to to keep it moving? Absolutely. Okay. Uh, go ahead and start off with. Actually, you know what? You start off because I think the solo stuff is next. Boba Fett's solo movie is moving forward with the director of Logan. Oh, so, so is he going to be old and and, and crotchety? <laughs> I mean, depending on what the timeline is, he might be an old man Boba. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who's to say on that one? Right. The only thing I would say is like you know somebody brought this up with the solo solo solo, book, uh, solo movies that like yeah there are characters that's getting. Actually, people said it about the solo ones. Like, yeah, solo didn't need to happen, but apparently, a lot of people are seeing it anyway. But there could be some movies for other characters, main characters that probably deserve movies mm-hmm. uh, just as much or more than, say, Boba Fett and Han Solo. That said, Solo's big cameos probably isn't the one you expected. So there was at the uh, so for those of you who haven't seen it, I will try not to spoil it. But there is a there is a cameo by a notable star wars character i'm not wondering i will just say just about that notable enough star wars character that has been the people uh, go like this <gasps> in the theater kind of like i was like it was basically unexpected because it was like i wasn't ex- yeah I, I was definitely say i was not expecting this character to show up especially in this movie because there's there have been no direct ties to to either of these the characters so it was definitely a surprise Gotcha. Um, so that being said, as a matter of fact, I'm going to go ahead and because I think there's like one, two, three more. I'm gonna go ahead and take care of all of these solo ones while we're here, just to wrap all these together. Uh, because uh, solo confronts the biggest mistake of Star Wars Special Edition. Um, without going into that, you probably know what it is. Han Solo is sometimes with a couple of different things, and if you don't know that one that they're talking about, that was a big. Uh, problem in the special editions, then I don't know what to tell you. 
Okay. Yes. Uh, also, uh oh, shoot, I hate my I hate my mouse. I really do. Um, Finally, it's ugly head. Yeah, here we go. Because uh, it made me skip a skip a thing, and that was spoiler replaced Star Wars Rebels actor for solo Star Wars story. So, and which has to do with that um, surprise cameo. Uh, so, because there was somebody playing the actual person, and there was somebody voicing him, and that person uh-huh. voicing him was in Rebels. Gotcha. Okay. Same playing, playing the same character. Gotcha. And they explain that article pretty much explains the reason why that happened. All right. So that being said, um, you know, I guess I'll do this one too. So solo and Star Wars stories, Kira gets her own Forces of Destiny animated shorts. So there have been a bunch of these animated shorts uh, get around the geared around the uh, women of Star Wars. I haven't, I still haven't seen any of them yet, but I want to because I hear some of them are actually pretty good. This one is uh, about the story of Kira, who is a main character of uh, solo and Star Wars story. Um, and that is out, and also one Hondo uh, Anako from uh, Star Wars Rebels mostly uh, shows up, along with IG-88, as you can see with, from the picture. Actually, you can't see from the picture, because uh, I don't have the news up. There it's we go. There. Alrighty. So, next up, go for it. Alright, so you're not going to talk about the biggest mistake being uh, confronted, right? No, I did, no, no. Well, like I said, it's it's kind of a spoiler, but at the same All time, right. I've given enough to it to to you know you know what it is. Gotcha. All right. So the next story uh, related to cinematic comic news is Disney's legal department killed Infinity War's best Easter egg. So I actually read this story. So in Avengers: Infinity War, you might have noticed uh, Tony had the uh, the flip phone that uh, Cap had left for him. And, uh, you know, at the end of um, Civil War. And uh, apparently when the number is on the screen during Infinity War, um, if, you, if you wrote down the number and called it, you would uh, reach a voicemail. Or should have. Should have reached a voicemail. But apparently uh, Disney killed that because, you know, God forbid they do anything fun. Yeah. Yeah, because they actually wanted to do that. Because you know exactly which happens in movies. Like, yeah, there's a number coming on the screen. Of course, people are going to call it. Yeah, five 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 one two one two. Yeah, or eight six seven five three zero nine something, whatever. Um, <laughs> but yeah, the number is a number, but it didn't go anywhere. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, actually, technically, it's not a number because it doesn't go anywhere. So, right. boo Disney. Next up, um, I need to make sure that this is actually going off. Yeah, Michael Keaton will reportedly return. For Spider-Man: Homecoming to in big duh moments because like we saw him at the end of the movie. I mean, granted he was in jail, but like I clearly that was that was going to go someplace, right? And that was all part of the setup. And let me tell you something: I watched, I rewatched uh, Homecoming two with some friends who had not yet watched the movie. Well, and, I mean, I mean, not, so what was that? You said, oh, you saying Homecoming? Also, or you said Homecoming two? Homecoming, just Homecoming. Yeah, yeah. I had not watched Homecoming yet. Yeah, I was about to say, this is all into the future then. <laughs> right, right, but they hadn't, but, 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 but let me tell you, they were as surprised as the theater I was in when uh, the, the twist reveal of Michael Keaton's character, um, Adrian Toomes, and his relation to uh, Peter Parker was revealed. It was pretty impressive to see that, you know, that it worked on like such a small scale at home. Mm-hmm. 
right? As opposed to being, you know, like that, the large scale, you know, opening night effect is, you know, is, is, is tempered by watching things, you know, on the smaller screen at home and, you know, with possible spoilers um, in the interim, but, you know, dealing with people who would just not heard much about the, the movie at all, you know, kind of get sucked into it. And then having that twist being revealed uh, was pretty, you know, it was pretty satisfying to me. I was like, Oh, okay. That really, I, you know, I, I was justified in thinking they actually did that really well. Mm. Which actually brings me to, to bring something to real quick. So shout out to fancy film by on, on Twitter. Cause who just saw uh, affinity infinity war. And wow. apparently had not seen any of the spoilers. Wow. So, so yeah, so when she was so she came out the well, I don't know if she had just come out of the theater, but she was basically like, like yo, the ending really got me, and this and that and other, you know, paraphrasing. So so see, somehow she had managed to to uh, avoid avoid the spoilers. Well, I think she gotten one that that Thor had died, but that, obviously that one wasn't true. Right. So so that but that was funny seeing her reactions to it. And go check out Sci Fi Party Line podcast uh, soon because I know she's she and her crew will be doing that and Deadpool too. Because apparently she liked both of them. Anyway, news. Um, Captain Britain, Orlando Bloom. So there's been people who's been wanting this, but Captain uh, Orlando Bloom really wants the role of Captain Britain. So we've already seen um, Tom Hiddleston say, I think he wants to take a stab at it if they ever. And there is even no plans to even do Captain Britain in, in any kind of way in the cinematic universe. But apparently there's been like two or three people that have come up saying they want the role, including uh, Legolas here. <laughs> so and the the funny part about it is that like okay all these people are saying they coming up coming that want this and there's no been again there's been no mention of it being in cinematic you coming up but since there's a potential deal to get fox into the fold that could possibly happen because i believe that still falls doesn't he fall under the x-men stuff i don't know awesome. regardless awesome. yeah that's a good question so, but the other good question, which what people, well, it's not even a question, but people were saying that Captain Britain might be Brexit. So the fact that these people want to play this might be a little bit of a problem. I don't know, but that's neither here nor there. There's been plenty of people who wants this role for some odd reason. I can actually kind of see him. I mean, he's a little on the small side and kind of yeah. old. That's I can actually see him in it. He's not that old. Actually, I'm older than he is. I don't know what I'm talking about. Um, Regardless, next up, legendary Marvel Comics creator Roy Thomas confirms he will cameo in Daredevil season three. Good for him. Yeah, I'm glad. I, I'm glad you got that because I figured you'd appreciate that one a little bit more. So apparently, he had been in. He had had a cameo in season one, or yeah, I think he he had had a. Um, or maybe that's not true. I don't know. I felt like there was there was something saying that he had been in the show before, but nobody really really, really saw it. Or I might be thinking of another creator. It might have been Rockfield or something. So regardless, that's a thing. Um, sure, I'm not sure when season three is coming, but regardless, it's going to happen. Uh, Rosario Dawson says Luke Cage season two may be her last TV Marvel TV role, which is a which will be a sad day for all of us. Yeah, that sucks. Yes, because she has pretty much been the lich, the linchpin of those um, programs, and I think the only one she hasn't been to in uh, which is the Punisher, right? But then Karen Page was the was the the connection in that one. Sure, but I think even in this, but this article, she they were in talking to uh, Miss Dawson, the beautiful Miss Dawson, that uh, that's the only one she's been into, and and you know, would hope that she, you know 
she's basically kind of hinted as like why she hoped she could get in that one. So she so she basically complete the set. Mm-hmm. So hopefully that happens. But you know, if Luke Cage ends up being her last one, that'll be that'll be sad. All righty. Disney is preparing to counter Comcast bid for Fox. Go Disney. I can't believe I just said that. <laughs> I mean, in that equation, absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Like, I'm cheering. I'm like, come on. We're trying to bring them home. They're coming right. home. Don't mess this up, Comcast. Yeah. Comcast trying to cock block. Oh, well, I probably shouldn't say that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but yeah, they're trying to block it by doing a deal. And Disney is like, all right, I see your, your pittance and I raid you this. I give you a Mickey ear. How about that? Oh, yeah. That's worth that. That's worth half the gold and Scrooge's money bin, probably. So we're still. I, we figured that Disney thing was a done deal until this came about. So hopefully, it continues to go Disney this way. And yeah, I kind of hate saying that, but at the same time, bring them all home, folks. Bring them home. Uh, Marvel's original X Men unleashed their powers in impressive animated clip. Have you seen this? No. So there's basically a, a cool little snippet of a clip that was, I think, was put out on Tumblr. That's what I thought. Um, let's see. By one Samuel Deet of Powerhouse Animation. And uh, if you're watching the video, you can see the, a gif of the, the animation. Looks good. It actually kind of reminds me of the animation of um, that Justice League uh, New Frontier cartoon. Okay. So let me say what you want about that because some people liked it, some people liked it, but I thought the art style was actually pretty decent for what it was. So yeah, this could this is just a little short test clip of that. It doesn't necessarily mean that there's anything behind it or going to come of it, but you know, it's cool. Yeah, shout out to Matt Wang, who uh as usual is uh on the inside of uh well the story that we were just talking about involving the major media studios fighting over uh fox's uh fox's carcass yes oh wait did he send a message i didn't see it on tweet okay gotcha see it no not yet but i'll look at it in a minute um oh come on come on anyway uh baymax out was disney's first trailer for big hero 6 the the series which is coming in a couple short weeks so i think yeah, there's a trailer for it. It's definitely not a tweet. Oh, the DM. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So we'll we'll yeah. 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 So that's why I didn't get so involved in it. Gotcha. All right. So next up, Baymax is out with Disney's first trailer for Big Hero Six: The Series. What? No, 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 no. They're basically saying Baymax out. Like. You know, oh, Baymax is out. Oh, goodness, you're killing me. I'm like, how could they get rid of Baymax? No, of course not. That'd be crazy. Oh, seriously. <laughs> but yeah, like like I just said, that's coming shortly, and there was a, there was a trailer for it. Uh, I think it's, what, two? It's like two weeks that's going to happen. I still haven't seen a movie. So, you uh, should. Yeah, I, I keep hearing this. Are free with the movies anywhere? I already have it. Yeah, I have it there. Yeah, just watch it. It's yeah. worth It's definitely worth it. And you know things have been going on lately, so I don't really. But even, but even still, like that's like you know, like you know, with the, you know, with all the stuff that we have to entertain entertain ourselves with, that's definitely worth it. That's like well, the thing is, like I, it, I don't think about it until something like this comes up. Right, <laughs> right. It's worth it though. Yeah, I, I've heard that, so I'm going to do that. I definitely would do that. Um, but next up, 
Kim Possible live action movie adds Buffy's Anderson Halligan, aka Willow of Buffy, aka one time at band camp, aka also, um, I can't remember her name on how I, how I Met Your Mother, but it doesn't matter. But you know, I like her; she's cute. Um, but yes, she's apparently playing Kim Possible's mother on this live action thing, and I think it's going to be—it's not going to be a movie movie. It's going to be like a Disney Channel whatever movie. Uh, and they also have other people um, that's that's going to be in it. So yay, that's that's a thing that wait I think because I think it was in last week's news. I can't remember that there's actually going to be a Kim Possible movie or it was the last couple of weeks. Doesn't matter. It's a thing. It's coming. About it. Yeah, we've talked about it. Mm-hmm. All right. So the Aquaman movie promo poster reveals a first look at his new costume. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So if you're watching the video, you can see like a a, a picture of. Shazam with a Slurpee and right next to one Jason Momoa's uh, interpretation of Aquaman in his newest his interpretation. <laughs> well, I mean, it is. Well, I mean, I, yeah, kind of hate to say it, but because I hate that those are people who's like, well, 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 because it's no, because it's another thing that I, that I didn't want to break. Aquaman, you know, right? I mean, yeah, he's definitely playing Aquaman, but I didn't mean to, to mean it just just. No, I just think it's funny because the interpretation like makes you, you know, because you look at him, it's like, well, that dude. Yeah, he's basically like a big surfer dude. That's you know, that's you know, yeah. yeah. Which that Aquaman that we always thought, you know, what I mean, like not not as regal. Yeah, I'm not gonna be one of these people who's like, well, he's you know, because I know pretty sure there's like, well, he's being played by Bruce Pertola, so fuck it, it's not good. Yeah, yeah there have definitely been those people, and yep, won't go back on that because that's really stupid. Um, next up, Tyler Holchlands. I don't know how to pronounce that name. I apologize to you, sir. Uh, Superman is on Stephen Amell's wish list. So apparently, it's like I don't know if Stephen Amell's got like stock in his Arrow thing, but I know he's basically been the one vocal about a whole lot of things surrounding the Arrowverse. Either way, I was going to say he must have a ton of creative input on that show now. Yeah, yeah, especially yeah, especially since I think he was one of the people who got uh, Constantine back on the show. So yeah. Something. Regardless, it is what it is. But apparently, he wants um, Supergirl's super interpretation, and I don't know why I'm saying that. Um, of Superman, whom this guy plays, to be on in the Arrowverse, which I guess would make sense because he's already had Supergirl on the show during the crossover. But I saw this and was like, "Wait, Supergirl wasn't good enough for you? You gotta get super, you know." But anyway, that I, that was me it's being all part of the crossover, man. Right. Which I you gotta think probably would happen with the next one. Or one of them, because right. yeah, because he wasn't in the last crossover, and then they're, they're, it's not like they're going to stop doing these things, mm-hmm. or even have them show up, you know, during the course of uh, in a season, you know, for some odd thing, right? Sure, and he actually wasn't a bad Superman, uh, you know, so because I know he got caught, he caught a lot of flack in, in the beginning when he was announced to be uh, Superman, Superman on Supergirl, okay. But you know, people have seemed to have warmed up on him, and having seen the episodes he's been in. Up until like last season, I can't remember what it was. It was all right. It was like, you know, wasn't bad. Next up, uh, Arrow season seven details hint at Ted Cord's arrival. Speaking of more crossover possibilities, right? And you know, yeah, following the fact that a couple of people leave and uh, um, left, and Colton Hayes is coming back, they're suggesting that, yeah, there is a, a call out for a well, for two new characters to come in. One of which is a young female recruit to Star City Police Department who's fed up with vigilantes, which I could have sworn they had a character like that before. 
And the other one, which is from a rumor site, so we don't know, uh, is they're searching for a Caucasian actor in his mid-30s for the role of Daniel Porter, which is probably a placeholder name, described as a successful gay technological entrepreneur who has suffered tragic losses um, and that he attempts to hide from those around him. So that sound, kind of sounds like Ted Cord for those who know, you know, don't know the character, aka the Blue Beetle or the second Blue Beetle, I guess, right? There was a first one. Yeah, there's been there's been a couple of Blue Beetles. There have been two. Was Ted Cord the first one? Huh? Wasn't Ted Cord the first one? And then I don't know. Jaime Reyes is the second one. I thought there was someone before him, and then Jaime was the third one. Like, because I felt like there was some allusion to Ted Cord being the second one, but I don't know because I don't know that much about the character. Got me. So, but this article is saying this the second. Oh, okay. So I don't you you blame that on the, the, the whatever. Um, regardless, that's you know research we do at a later time, and go forth with the penguin could be the villain in Matt Reeves' The Batman. Um, we don't it, apparently yeah that Matt Reeves Batman is still a thing, and there's a rumor going around that he he might be looking for the the penguin to be the the big bad of the movie. Oh, okay, yeah, so Ted Cord was the second Blue Beetle. The first, Dan Garrett. First appearing in August 1939 in Fox Comics' Mystery Men. Holy cow. Hmm. Wait, that Mystery Men? I'm reading this off of Wikipedia, so, you know, can't rely on that. Sure. Well, I mean, yeah. Um, I can always double check. I can always double check the, uh, whatchamacallit. The DC Wiki is probably usually, probably vetted um, a little, if, that, if that's what you read it from. No. Okay. Anyway, yeah, so, anywho, so yeah, next up, uh, am I up? Walking Dead star wants to play Batgirl, so this is the Caitlin Nacone. Oh, this is uh, the, the young uh, character, the young girl would love to join the DC Extended Universe and play Batgirl in a planned solo movie. Sure, let me be the star. Yeah, there's you know, there's gonna be stuff like that, which I think she might have been the second. A third person I've seen to want to play Batgirl. So, okay. Um, speaking of Walking Dead, uh, Andrew Lincoln to exit AMC's The Walking Dead in season nine. So this has been a big, uh, a biggish thing on the Twitters uh, the last day or so. Mm-hmm. Um, that uh, Andrew Lincoln came out in a in a in an article saying that he's. Actually, I don't know what he actually said in the article, but it made it sound like he was either leaving or didn't want to do it anymore and probably was going to leave. So there was speculation and probably even confirmation, actually, now that I think about it, that he's actually going to leave at uh, in season nine. Mm-hmm. Which which also uh, opened up the door to people who was saying, saying was like, well, is, are they going to cancel the show after this? Which, it's been nine seasons, and I don't want to see people out of a job as much as anybody else, but, you know... Shows have a shelf life. Five seasons are pretty good. They've gone nine. So, you know, you can you can start to wrap it up now if you really really want to. We don't want another supernatural or Simpsons thing going on here. Uh-huh. Old and stupid. Um, but that said, yeah. So that's the thing. And there's in this article says something about there been uh, Norman Reedus who's been approached and given possibly given some more money to stay on board and you know become the lead of the show so they can keep it going. So we don't know if it's, you know, season nine may or may not be the last season, but we don't know. All right. 
Okay, so we can transition to uh, comic books, right? Unless there's something in clickbait you want to talk about. Uh, I don't. There usually is. Sometimes there usually is, but now nah, we're getting. Um, there's some good stuff in there if you if you if you got to in the world. No, that was a Batman transition. Oh, nice. <laughs> nice. There is a there is a DuckTales short that's in there, but we won't talk about that because right. that's a good thing. So let's get to the comic book news. I was about to say, and also a feature on what we were talking about last week, which was uh, Doctor Strange helps Spider Man make a new yes. friend, actual spider. So that was the, the the reason behind our title for the last episode and our clicks mm-hmm. of the week for the last episode. So go back and uh, listen or watch Comic Book Chronicles number two sixty five to get all that cool stuff. I haven't watched. I haven't uh, listened to it yet myself because I was afraid that you were going to. Did y'all? Well, did y'all talk about uh, Incredibles? I mean, uh, Invincible Iron Man six hundred. Probably a little bit. Okay, that's why because I wanted to catch up and read it, knowing oh. knowing something that got spoiled for me. Gotcha. Which we're about to talk about in a minute, but uh, Marvel's Ironheart did redesigns as she joins new team, and I'm assuming that new team is the champions because she right. is really a member. Um, I don't know what to think about this redesign. It looks kind of funky. It also, <sighs> and apparently this was in 600. I think so. I'm not sure. Well, wait. So, so wait. Champions writers Jim Zub tweeted Caselli. Uh, so um, Stefano Caselli redesigned Riri. Um, for the said uh, champions thing, and which was first seen in Champions Twenty Three cover release Tuesday in the solicits. So apparently it, it it hasn't shown up yet. Oh wait, wait! It says this redesign coincides with uh, core creator Brian Michael Bendis's final Marvel issue six hundred uh, Invincible Iron Man six hundred before he commits. Blah, blah 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 blah. So I don't know if it showed up in six hundred. Did it? Uh it may have. I don't recall. Okay. Well, regardless, it, I, think I may have seen it either in solicits or you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because uh, solicits came out last uh, for August came out last week, so I thought it was colorful. I'm not keen on the helmet design. It's it does slightly look like there was a design of um actually well that looks like the Hulkbuster helmet a little bit, but there was a um an Iron Man armor that kind of had that design a few years back that I wasn't crazy crazy about. Um, I get what they're kind of going for—a little sleeker look. Mm-hmm. It's not the rescue armor because I think that's somebody else anywhere. Right. And I was gonna say they're definitely going with a different color scheme to differentiate her from Iron Man. Right. Which cool, but that works. Uh, it's kind of funky, like I said. So uh, I don't know, but we'll be seeing it in Champions. Yeah, we also know that these armored heroes always change their look, so you know, yeah. don't, don't think that it's not going to change anytime soon. It will. Well, yeah, because this would be hers second. Because I think, well, yeah, she got the first one from Tony. I guess this is hers, mm-hmm. her design. But that's not being said in this article or not. So, speaking of what was probably spoiled for you, yep, this resurrects a major Avenger in his final Marvel comic, and I am quite happy because I can stop bitching about it now. Exactly. But I'm, but I'm not letting them off the hook. <laughs> well, you know, now you got what you wanted, so you know. Well, I mean, come on. It's not just what I wanted. There's a bunch of people wanted. What I'm saying is that's what you had complained about, and they did it, and they did it in the same, you know, they did it in a way where it actually made sense in the story. Right, and they basically, if you've been following Invincible Iron Man, he basically came back. So if you did not know, one, James Rhodey wrote. Yeah. Yeah. I'll ring the bell. Hold on. Sure. I danced around around this, because I think I might have said on the show that you'd be happy. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, and that was other because when I saw this, I was like, "Well, I'm, I hadn't read 600, but having read this, I'm like, okay, 
and I didn't even have to read, you know, the, obviously the title kind of spoke for itself. Plus, you know, uh, CBR and other places have a weird bad tendency of putting the spoiler in their permalinks. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I don't, and I know our one Tim Dog uh, wrote this article, but uh, from what he said, he doesn't always have, he doesn't, he's not responsible for the part of permalinks, so that's not on him. That being said, I'm happy Rhodey's back, and they brought him back in the same way that Tony came back, apparently. Um, so, yeah, you did some good on your way out, Bendos. Way to go. Uh, he, is no longer, he is no longer Bill Foster uh, for now. That's funny. All right. So, Miles Morales is being handled by black creators in the what we were just talking about earlier, in that annual that we were like, where's the 12th issue? Where's the year? You know? Mm-hmm. So... Um, the, ca- the the creators are Brian Hill and Nelson Brian Blake. Hill and Nelson Blake the second. Mm-hmm. And that came out in the solicits. Um, so yeah, that's great. Now give them a book, mm. or give them the book, maybe. Well, Doesn't... I don't know what their plans are, so we'll see. Exactly, and th- and it doesn't necessarily say that here outside of the annual. So. And I'm hoping, so which actually kind of brings up another thing because there's been some kerfuffle, and I think we may get to a little bit of it a little bit later about you know uh, about you know creators of Kodos getting booked, and that's awesome in this thing. But I also hope that this book, you know, this book does well to either get a series or something like that because there's also been like uh, the other side of that. It's like, well, these books don't sell. People love to say because of X, Y, and Z, and which part of it is bullshit. Um, because of that's something we'll talk about in a little bit. So we'll move on and say that Marvel just officially made Brie Larson's Captain Marvel comic book canon. So apparently they put Brie Larson in in yeah in that reality of what I was referring to earlier. I think this is what prompted me to pick up to to pick up the uh, uh, Infinity Countdown Captain Marvel and read it. And and as I was talking about earlier, what the uh, what McCann's take on. Um, uh, what the reality stone can do, um, you know, led to this particular cameo appearance of uh, uh, Brie Larson's uh, version of Captain Marvel. And apparently, Marlon Carambo's in it. So that should be worth reading the book by itself. Yes, I'm being biased. Anywho, um, actually, I was going to check, I probably was going to check it out because I had intended to check out a couple of these Infinity Countdown books, even though I, I slightly don't care. Next up. All right. Uh, old man Hawkeye. Clint Barton runs into old woman Hawkeye. Spoilers. Yeah, spoilers for old, old man Hawkeye, which I'm behind of, and I think should be about to be ending, I think. I'm totally not reading this. I, I read the first two issues. And I was like, yeah, that's not bad. Um, so if you don't know old man, this old, this old man Hawkeye is before the... Uh, Set before the events of Old Man Hulk, oh, Old Man Logan, excuse me, and uh, Hawkeye's going blind, so he's doing like one or two last missions, and he's been running over files of a bunch of people as Hawkeye's want to do, including one Venom symbiote and uh, Bullseye and a couple other people, and apparently he runs into Kate Bishop or Kate Bishop shows up, who is the mayor of whatever town he's in. And yeah, if you're watching the video, you can see there's old woman Kate, who is less old than Hawkeye, but still old. Mm. There you go. All righty. Uh, Marvel teases a reality stone powered 
Green Lantern in, ring in the in quotes, and I think this is probably also from that same book, that same Captain Marvel book that you read, right? To where um, is that Marvel? Yeah, Marvel is seen with the ring with uh with the, his universe's reality stone, almost like a lantern. Mm-hmm. Almost, yes. And apparently, that's that is not the only callback that is in this book because they're. Claiming there's a Shazam reference in the issue. That, I mean, in the uh, in the image that uh, that is being shown on the video right now, and I think there's a couple of other. I haven't read the books. You you would know more than I. I don't recall seeing that image actually. I have to go back and take a look. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, because basically on the that's on the right the corner, right? That's the Adato art. Right. So they're saying that that's supposed to be Shaz- uh, a reference to Shaz- Shazam. Which I was thinking, I was like, well, it's blue and red, so that's Superman, so what are you talking about? But that's not, but, like, Oh, yeah, they're doing uh, it. It's more the design than anything. Right, right. Mm-hmm. And that's what they say in this article. Okay. Uh, quote, I have no immediate plans, says Stuart Eminent on retirement, quote-unquote. So, uh, so apparently... Um, drop. So what? The anchor let something drop. I think I read this. So the anchor basically said because the the Stuart Eminem did uh, Amazing Spider-Man 800, and uh, his longtime anchor Wade Von Graubadger said that uh, Eminem was retired in a tweet after this week's uh, Amazing Spider-Man, which was not entirely true. Is it, is true-ish, and because he says so, in, uh, Eminem clarifies with Newsarama and says uh, my exclusive. Uh, agreement with Marvel wound down some time ago. Everyone is involved is happily still on good terms. Eminem said, and as to the rest, I have no immediate plans. If the right project with the right collaborators come along, I would consider doing it. Uh, for the moment, however, Catherine and I are enthusiastically devoting our time and energies to non-work matters. So basically, he's he's you might as well say he is actually retired or semi-retired. Um, which he's been apparently in this industry for a good long time. So, and has done a lot of awesome work. So, you know, and people have been out on Twitter, you know, saying, saying things about it, including a couple of creators like Sadarsky, <laughs> like, uh, like Chip Sadarsky, who basically says something like, I'm not letting Stuart Dan and leave. And obviously other people, so I'm like, look, he's been in this industry a long time, so he deserves a rest, you know, Godspeed to him. Okay. Next up, I believe that's me. Uh, Solo Beckett's backstory will be explored in a prequel comic book. So uh, Beckett being the character that uh, Woody Harrison plays, a.k.a. Woody from Cheers, a.k.a. Tennessee from Zombieland, where I believe he he's kind of drawing on the inspiration for this character. His actual name is in the in the in the movie is Tobias Beckett. I said on Twitter, it's like, okay, clearly this Beckett is kin to another Beckett, aka one Dr. Sam Beckett of um, Quantum Leap. Because like, I felt like uh, he's played this character just like he's played many other characters that, well, Woody Harrison being that, playing this character like he's played other characters in his past. Not saying that's a bad thing, but it's just a thing that's funny. So he could very well be Sam Beckett in disguise. We just don't know. Just saying, putting it out there. But it's going to be a one-shot. The comic is going to be a one-shot penned by Jerry Duggan with art by Will Sliney, Edgar Salazar, Mark Lamming, 
Uh, and then go to go basically deeper in his backstory. It's basically, hey, guess what? There's a character in a movie, and there's going to be a comic about it. That's kind of what happens. Solo one came out this week. I didn't get a chance to read it. Um, I mean, excuse me, not, uh, the Lando one from the movie came out this week called Lando Double or Nothing, but I haven't a chance to read it yet. So, next, is that you? Yeah. Gosh. All right, so next up is Star Wars. Women of the Galaxy celebrates the saga's dynamic female characters exclusive. So the women of the Star Wars universe are diverse, and now StarWars.com is thrilled to exclusively announce a new book from Chronicle Books that celebrates the eclectic mix of female characters from the films, cartoons, novels, comics, and video games of Star Wars. So this will be arriving in October of this year in hardcover. Mm Mm-hmm. Written by one uh, noted uh, Star Wars geek, Amy Radcliffe. Cliff, and also there will be art by, well, the cover art is by Jen Bartell, as you can see on the video. And there's going to be uh, a bunch of other talent uh, writing and art, doing art in the book, such as uh, Alex X. Zhang, Amy Beth, Christmas and Annie Stoll, uh, Chrissy Chung, Lisa Charter, excuse me, so first screwing that up. Uh, Jim Bartell and a bunch of other people. I won't go through all the names. But this is a bunch of bunch of different uh, women doing like art and, and and writing in this book. So it'll be dope. Actually, excuse me, all of these are artists. So there's been a bunch of art by these people. So it'll be good. Look for it in um, October. Okay. Uh, next up. So there is a new board game that just came out. In fact, I saw this being played fairly recently, and I didn't know it was already out or not. But uh, Marvel Contest of Champions Battle Realm is a new board game that just came out. Uh, I can't tell you that much about it without going into the the thing. But it's basically um, a a board game with some card strategy stuff and and a play mindset. It looks good being played. I would check it out. Uh, it's thirty bucks. Oh, excuse me, forty bucks. It is kind of based off the Contest of Champions uh, video game. I guess there is there's a couple of different tiles, even though it doesn't necessarily say that here. But that's you know they're using some of the same uh, art aesthetics as that uh, video game as the mobile game does. So go check it out if you're a board game fan. It seems like it's, it's pretty cool. Okay. All right, um, let's see if we can't speed this up just a little. Uh, spoilers. Spoiler alert, spoiler alert, spoiler alert. The Flash War reveals where all of DC's missing speedsters are. I didn't know they were missing. Shows you, the, what I, shows you how close I'm reading the Flash. Yeah, nobody did, exactly. So, yeah, Flash 47 um, kind of goes into uh, where some of the speedsters are. Oh, being. I think PC and underscore Dirt was talking about this last week. Okay. Okay, so yeah, so there's that. And uh, he was talking um, about how you have to be, it helps to be familiar with um, uh, pre New 52 stories going all the way back to like, you know, Wade's run on the Flash and going even further back. So, okay. Yeah, short story is they're trapped in the Speed Force apparently. And uh, young, big, well, OG Wally West is on maybe on one side of the fence on this and Barry's on the other, which is going to lead them into conflict, sounds like. Okay. Hence the, the the flash war thing. Uh, Detective Comics spoiler has refor- re- has returned from the dead, and I believe that is Clayface. Okay, died at some point, but now it's back. Okay, yeah, yeah. So Detective Comics, speaking of Detective Comics, teases a big development for the entire DC universe. So 
Um, I think this is about developing the school of vigilantes. I believe that is the case. I don't know. I honestly did not read this article because I'm not even up on that book. So yeah, not. it looks like uh, Batman's thinking about it. Thinking about setting up a school for for uh, you know crime fighters. And think what's supposed to be Batwoman supposed to be running it or something? I thought I saw. No idea. I'd have to read that a little bit more closely. Yeah. Regardless, cool. Um, speaking of redesigns, I guess I could have put this on it, but whatever, it didn't match. Uh, Supergirl redesigned by Justice League's uh, Jorge Jimenez. Yep. So she's got a costume redesign. Okay. Yep. Yeah, actually, it doesn't look bad. As you can see it in the the previews, actually that's yeah, all. Well, these are actually these are like concept arts, I think. Okay. Yeah, and my mouse is not acting up. So, but I think, yeah. So they're basically a, it's a bunch of previews of um, redesigns. I think the one that's in the preview might be the one they went with. So cool. Okay. Uh, uh, go ahead. Next up, Cemetery Girl graphic novel series moves to Dynamite Entertainment. So Dynamite Entertainment is proud to announce the upcoming release of Charlene Harris's Cemetery Girl, book three. The graphic novel series continues as True Blood creator Charlene Harris and the Myth Hunters writer Christopher Golden are joined in the final chapter of this young adult fantasy series uh, by adventure comics artist Geraldo Borges. Okay. Yeah, so there we go. All of the draws that are, that are there you would probably want are right there. Uh, Netflix releases a trailer for the Magic Order comic book. Nope, you heard that right. Netflix releases a trailer for the Magic Order comic book. Netflix is doing comic books with, you know, with the, the Miller War stuff. Uh, the, the, we weren't really sure how they were going to do that. Uh, because Netflix is not a comic book publisher. So apparently they are now. Everyone's been on it. Yeah. Basically, and uh, obviously some of the stuff is going to end up, uh, you know, in some sort of cinematic form. So we are fairly certain of that. But yeah, the trailer is there. I haven't watched it yet, but it is a thing, a trailer for a comic book, which is actually a thing that's been a thing for a little while now, which is still funny. Trailers for comic books. Because mm-hmm. it didn't, uh, oh, I forgot to put that in there. Because um, Nodo, I think, did one for his, for his uh, upcoming Daredevil run. It's kind of cool. Anywho, alrighty. Life. Uh, this is pretty funny. Yeah, right. Lifeworld uh, self-parodying the pouch to make a comic book debut. Unreal. Yes, because so if you did not know, uh, Rob Liefeld, the creator of Deadpool, Cable, uh, and a few others around the nineties, had a thing for pouch. pouch. And big weaponry in 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 his um, cre- in the creation of his characters, you know, we we still see some of that on cable at this point, and you know, I think the Deadpool's kind of gone away from that, I guess. But yes, so so being that he's aware of that that uh, people's thinking of that big thing, he went and made a character called the Pouch, who, if you were watching the video, is a big dude uh, dressed in looks like cable, basically made out of pouches. Right, with a gun made out of pouches. With a gun made out of pouches. So, what is he shooting? Pouches? Actually, that would be kind of funny if he actually was. <laughs> I don't know if he, even if it says if it, what it shoots. So, but that, but that is going on in Blood Strike right now, which is a um, is a, a book I'm not even reading. Yeah, about. I believe that it's back. Blood Strike. Exactly. Yeah, because that is also one of his creations from from the '90s, but they but came over to uh, Image. 
Right. Along with Young Blood and a few mm-hmm. other uh, folks. Anyway, that's the thing. That was funny. Yeah. Moving right along. All right. Uh, you got next. Uh, amid harassment, uh, indie comics publishers remain supportive of marginalized creators. So this is basically going back to what I was saying with the Miles, Miles Morales thing. Uh, so, yeah, a while ago, there was the Comicscape thing where uh, I think there was a, a Marvel head saying that, you know, books with certain characters uh, that are that, that are people of color or, or, or LGBT, you know, allied or whatever the case may be, don't sell because of X, Y, and Z, and people latched onto that, which is a bunch of bullshit. But, uh, and it started a whole Comics Gate thing. We were not even going to go through with that with, you know, Reddit and 4chan, the, the places of known scum and villainy, whatever. Um, so, yeah, it was a thing, but this basically the article saying was like, you know what, there's, there's still, there, there are still indie comic uh, creators uh, and publishers that are still, you know, supporting the fact that there needs to be more representation in comics. Alrighty. Okay, so uh, next up. Justice League, no justice. Just founded Rebirth's new Outsider. So this is part of what I was discussing earlier about how the new direction for the Justice League and related teams are being set up. Uh, We talked about the Justice League books, but there's also uh, the, 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 the groundwork for new Outsiders. And uh, it starts with uh, Batman and Black Lightning. Right. Who's also, I think, I didn't pull that one up. But I think he's also going, well, I guess this is going to happen in, de- in Detective, right? Because I think they're, they're, I saw an article saying that Black Lightning and Batman are going to team up in Detective. No idea. Yeah. I, I know I saw an article of it. Actually, it might be the next one. And it's not. Either way, keep on moving and say that Justice League No Justice reveals that Redacted is dying. Uh, apparently, uh, multiverse is dying. Mm-hmm. That's all part of uh, Dark Knight's metal. Yeah, again. Mm-hmm. That's oh. all. That's all, you know. Remember what I said earlier about if you wanted to just read this four issue mini. Sure. Could and they basically explain what happened in Dark Knight's metal. Sure. So it's it's okay. You don't have to go back and read that awful mess <laughs> of a series, Dark Knight's metal. That was just yeah, Dark Knight metal. I had my problems with it. Um, Maybe I was Tim and Tim and um. And dirt, but because I forget somebody on the panel liked that, like the way it was going. They did like it. They did like it, but you know there was there was there was there was uh, a little bit more uh, negative on my side. I you know I, I thought it was okay. Sure, gotcha. So last story, it was something we just talked about. Mm-hmm. That J J J J Jonah Jameson has just figured out another long running Spider Man secret. Yes, I think we already said it, but yeah. Oh yeah. You know, he kind of figured it out. You know, to kind of finally put one and one together. Like thirty years ago. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> so yeah, and I already said he already knew uh, Spidey. So you know, you can make the logic leap to who else's secret he would have found out about. He kind of finally figured it out. You know, talk about McFarlane era. You know, mm-hmm. pre McFarlane era. But uh, but yeah, that's that. Okay, so. Hello. I want to bring. I do want to bring up this in the, the variant corner, though, uh, real quick. So apparently, ugh, Francesco Martina blazes through the Flash Force in Flash Forty Nine variant, which I thought was a good looking variant. Oops, if I can pull it up here. So that's cool. That's it. All righty. So uh, we get to our last ad read for the night. Mm-hmm. If I find where I put the stupid tab, um, I might have closed it. 
in uh, frustration or haste. So right. let's see if I can pull it up. on the fly. Yeah, that works. No, no, no. It's not. It's not necessary because if I'm going to be um, trying to read a quick one, then what I'm going to do, we all know what I'm going to fall back on. People, let's mm-hmm. not. Let's not. Uh, you know, let's not uh, uh, a joke here. If I'm in a hurry and I want to finish up and I need to read a quick ad read, we know who's going to get the boost. I like how he stalled. I'm just just easy saying this. Oh, because, you know, I've said it before and I'll say it again. I know what ad I'm going to default to. Um, I like I do too, but we'll see if that works out. You know, just waiting for it to load up. Uh, here it comes. As I watch the circle spin. <laughs> Live broadcasting, folks. Keep our podcast free by shopping at Amazon. Visit cspn.us, then click the Keep Our Podcast Free link at the top of the page. From there, scroll down and click on the Amazon link to shop. Purchase items from Amazon as you normally would, whether it's books, music, electronics, jewelry, or apparel. For every purchase made on Amazon through our link, Amazon sends the CSPN a payment that helps us keep the Click Nation's Combo Chronicles podcast free for our listeners at no extra cost to you. Amazon.com through cspn.us. Do it today. All right. We're going to wrap up our show. Um, it's always surprising when we go this long when it's just two people. Yeah. Um, sometimes I just can't shut up. I'm sorry. I'm the clumsy. Let's go on. Let's go. So you can find us at our various social media points. Um, you can find Roddy Cat at, um, at Roddy Cat and at News Nerds Need on Twitter. Uh, you can find him running the uh, Instagram uh, account CB Caps at CB Caps. Uh, you can find at Tim Dog ninety eight at, at Tim D O G G nine eight and at D Click Nation on Twitter and at CB Cron. And you can visit the website uh, www You can find PCN underscore Dirt at PCN underscore Dirt on Twitter at Pop Culture Net Pop Culture Net on Twitter at Pop and at www.ineedcomics.com. You can find myself at, at agent underscore 70 on Twitter and Instagram. So thank you for joining us this week. Please tune in next week. Same bat time, same ish bat time, same ish bat channel. Um, thank you for joining us on the Compa Chronicles. We are signing off. Peace. <laughs> What's on your evil mind? Oh, you insulting tongue and mock my words well. How about this woman that you are?